0: You're listening to Lost at 40, Gopi Chat with Alex Lowe. The idea of this podcast was envisioned during the circuit breaker in Singapore in April 2020. A good buddy of mine and I were catching up over a Zoom video call about our struggles and aspirations, and we concurred that there must be many other men out there in their 40s being breadwinners with the responsibility of family and also having the duty of elderly to care and worry for. We felt that starting conversations around our ups and downs in our personal and professional journey would be a good platform for others to share and discuss as well. It could be wonderful for other men in similar situations to know that they are not alone and that they either find solutions through our conversations or find some common ground to speak about certain issues and struggles that might be preventing them from optimising and maximising their roles as husband, father and son. I want to break the social norm of what society sees and needs from a man in his 40s, and I want men to be able to identify themselves as unique individuals with heart and that duty of care. In Lost at 40, I will cover the topics of health, caregiving slash parenting, career and retirement. And these will revolve around the pillars of leadership, resilience and sustainability. If you've liked what you've heard so far, then I invite you, to listen on
1: and, and, and we all know that the mental well-being or the mental health itself is not defined by the absence of uh the stresses in fact mental health or physical health is determined by how your body copes when the, uh, there are some factors that sort of, sort of deter you from being healthy so the resilience part of your your body and your mind the, the psychological strength that you have
0: this is season one episode two of six with my kopikaki tony leong the man that I had those initial conversations of struggles and aspirations, and the man who encouraged me to start Lost at 40. This live chat was never intended to be a podcast for mass circulation on multiple platforms, so I have to apologise for the birds chirping and hooting in the background. Hopefully you like that natural background music. I promise that Season 2 will be more professionally recorded. When this was recorded in September 2020, I was still running my Red Light Therapy Wellness Centre to help people with pain management and optimization, so I talk about cellular health. Since December 2020, I've left that business as a business partner and started my consultancy Aviary & Co. Nevertheless, I hope you will enjoy yourselves as we talk about health, what it means to us and what strategies we adopt for that healthy longevity okay we're live tony welcome everybody to lost at 40 Copy chat with alex and my good buddy here tony <laughs> right uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a recap right on what was covered uh, last week so this is actually session number two uh last week mm-hmm. was session number one and um last week was more of an introduction of what this entire series is going to be like as well as a definition of purpose so very simply uh, in in uh, summary purpose is actually a constant uh, it is not a destination where or a goal that we want to set uh, purpose is a constant all throughout our life and regardless of situations or circumstances or environments this purpose actually will not be changing whether it's through our 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s or 70s right um, although life experiences and you know uh, different stages of our life might change that a little bit right but not to a great extent right so that uh was for the first session we also outlined a little bit of the agenda on how we're rolling through with this right now it's the two of us but somewhere along the line we might have a third fourth or fifth uh, person come on to also join in the conversation so that's uh what um lost at 40 copy chat with alex is going to be like Uh, today's session is on health we decided that health would be something or health is something very important that we all need to be focusing on and us being uh, two uncles in our 40s we 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 felt uh, that it's very important i actually recently ran a poll on linkedin a couple of weeks back maybe even two or three months back you know and uh, the questions i asked was you know which is of priority to you so i was doing research in trying to get some uh, data on what people would be interested to hear about and uh, specific to this Lost at 40 uh, conversation. And very, very surprisingly, health was the lowest in priority of all of the other things that we're going to be talking about uh, in this series right so uh, health parenting slash caregiving career and retirement so these four big topics but health was actually ranked the lowest and I thought this was a very very it was quite alarming like it's quite surprising to me because for me I think that without health all the other three things would not be possible and Mm -hmm. um, I mean personally I place health uh, as a topmost of my priority and and since hitting my going into my late 30s and into my 40s i think that i have now been placing a lot more emphasis on, on my health right so let's do i mean what's my definition of health right my definition of health is being able to be pain-free i think that's important so pain-free clear of you know any form of critical illnesses so if there are any things that i'm doing lifestyle wise that could contribute to potential critical illness i would try to uh, prevent those right so reducing certain things that i do or reducing certain things that i'm uh, consuming or eating Uh, so that is uh, my definition pain-free reducing critical illness and another thing I think which is very pertinent to our uh, three pillars of what we'll be discussing uh, first of all is leadership second thing is uh, resilience and the third thing is sustainability right so how long can we be pain-free how long can we be uh, avoiding critical illness and the most important thing i feel also is how much or how little of a liability will we be to the people around us our loved ones not right so right if we have a a spouse Um, or partner, Uh, we want to be independent of ourselves if we have any health issues. At the same time, you know, if we have children and if our children have children, we don't want them to be, or we will want to try to avoid them having to care for us uh, in our later years, right? So to be as healthy as we can, leading up to, you know, now we're 40s, there's still, we are only halfway through life, maybe even less than halfway through, right? There's another 40 years to go, man. You know, there's a long way to go. And, you know, what can we do to ensure that we are able to uh, optimize our lifestyle and enjoy to the fullest all the way to, you know... you know we are six feet under right so that that's that's my definition of health tony maybe you can share with us you know what your definition of health is
1: yeah as, as you share the poll i'm curious that the group of people the dynamics of people who are saying that or uh, who are not ranking health as one of priority and i was doing some research as well um uh, locally as well as across uh, the globe right health has been defined as uh, commonly seen as a physical health it says all right so like uh, whether I have diseases, uh, whether I'm physically able, whether I have, am I able to do this uh, that doesn't affect my my ADL, right, the things I can do in my daily living. But of late, right, I mean with COVID-19 and the pandemic and with some of the stressors that we are seeing, I think health can be also safely including things like mental health, mm. things like emotional mm. health. <laughs> psychological health and in the, with the group of the work that I'm doing now, right, and with the youth that I'm seeing and children I'm seeing, the parents that I am educating, uh, all the, the health itself encompasses really that, that, that more than just physical health domain, right? So, I was just reading off uh, one of the uh, WHO um, article. So, it says like 15% of world diseases are mental, disease, uh, mental illnesses, alright, and, and because of that, right, there's also the, 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 the necessity for a lot of us to uh, maintain that particular good mental health being so that we can eat we can stay even more physically healthy so all these are, are, like, are like linked yeah so uh, for me my interest will really be, be about how do we how do we get ourselves uh, mentally healthy how do we get ourselves uh, psychologically strong resilient right like like the recent pandemic itself we are mostly distracted by how it has affected us in our daily living and sometimes uh, the people that i'm seeing the the clients that i'm seeing or the children that are, that they came to the center and they were saying that hey uh, Mister Tony I, I really need uh, some help because either it has affected me because of either my my health environment is very stressful or because other uh, the, the situation itself don't allow me to go to a place where I can normally go to right so you know so I I see it as a, a multiple domain uh kind of uh inclusion mental health psychological health emotional health together with physical health uh, as a a main uh, health to
0: make itself Hmm. yeah and i think it's a very appropriate that you mentioned that because that's your area of specialization right i think uh for those who are joining us for the first time I think we failed to introduce ourselves so tony is actually a psychotherapist he's actually doing his uh, phd in uh, psychology so we've known each other for way back you know it's been more than 10 15 years i think that we've known each other but we've kept in touch all this while in the different uh, careers that we've each had and during the ups and downs and uh, yeah maybe tony you share a little bit about what you're doing and then uh, i'll also share in case you know uh, people who are on my platforms don't actually know who, who i am or what i do can yeah so
1: i help to monitor and evaluate programs in the youth center that's my daily work and then i also help in uh one of the national mandate in managing some of the, the crisis callers. beyond that right i'm also a parent educator i i see my clients are mostly youth and children and uh this is a group of people that i, I see day in day out in my in my work Having uh, them be, uh, slightly more uh, adjustable to each other in terms of the parent-child interaction in terms of the current multiple uh, stresses that are occur along the family yeah so uh like what Alexey i'm a psychotherapist i'm a counselor so i use some of these modalities to uh,
0: make meaning of some of the struggles they have in daily life thank you tony right and uh for myself i'm a business coach I help people find clarity of purpose, unlocking fruitful solutions, experiencing growth and achieving targeted success. I also run a wellness business in red light therapy. So I believe in non-invasive and non-pharmacological means or ways to actually help with pain management and optimization of lifestyle. So a little bit into cellular health, um and getting down to the mitochondria and getting down to how our cells actually help our body you know uh, um, uh, achieve peak performance so that's that's what i am some people uh term it uh biohacking Um, there's a little bit of that involved but uh, i'm not i i'm not a guru right uh neither am i a hardcore biohacker but it's something that is of my interest and it's the nature of my business so applying what I know with wellness actually does help with the way that I handle uh, businesses uh, in terms of the consulting and also handle clients when it comes to business as well as uh, life or even uh, career coaching right? so um, what you mentioned about health right uh, and you know with the mental physical and psychological health I attended a session a couple of uh, weeks back uh, talking about present awareness Right, so and then the stats are quite alarming, right? Stats were from a uh, Harvard Business uh review or Harvard Business uh, School, and they 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 found that seventy five percent of the time we are actually not aware or not present where we are, right? I could be speaking to you right now, but you know my mind is wondering about oh no, how many new cases of uh, COVID are there? around the world and how is this going to be affecting me or affecting my family right uh, am i going to be able to get that next uh, pitch that i'm going to do for, with the client uh, in two weeks you know that sort. so i'm worrying about things that are happening in the world that i have absolutely no control over i'm worrying about things that might be happening uh, two three weeks or months from now uh, which exactly i have no control over and i'm also even worrying about things that happened before Right, uh, it's what that is what I ate two nights ago. You know, that entire tub of ice cream going to add another couple of uh, kg of visceral fat around my tummy, right? So, that is uh, stuff that we are worrying about. And by being able to cultivate present awareness, we actually need to be mindful. Uh. So, there's a lot of talk about, you know, mindfulness. Some people uh, associate that with a little bit of uh, uh, spirituality, but at the end of the day, with mindfulness its its and, and things, right? Or—or—things or, um, that you can do to cultivate uh, mindfulness breath work right meditation some people use yoga some people use qigong some people just so there are many many ways that you can uh, cultivate uh, that sort of present awareness right now what what do you do tony you know to cultivate your present awareness and uh, for you to actually have that peace of mind and for you to have that centeredness such that you go about your daily activities efficiently right i think it's actually also quite appropriate that we are speaking about this now because just in in, next week is going to be uh mental healthcare Week or mental health care. It's October is a mental health care month, right? And next next week is a mental health care day, right? So it's quite appropriate that we are speaking about this now.
1: Right. So the family is for me centers around how I function daily, right? So a lot of my decision-making process functions are revolved around uh, my children, my wife, my family, Uh, even my parents who stay with me. And I think one of the things that you were mentioning about caregiving just now in the very early part of the topic. I was so apt because family, as part of the systems that affect how we interact, uh, of course, the, the work, um, the hobbies, our leisure, our faith sometimes, right, are, are the multiple domains that determines how we respond to these other challenges of pleasure, in know, day to day life. So for myself, I concluded that if my family is well, or if the children comes home and, and we could interact and we could play and we could, and we could build rapport through uh, activities and me and my wife have... A good conversation around the daily struggles, the daily pleasures, how are children growing up, how are we managing our household. Uh, me and my parents who, who stay with me are uh, having that meaningful conversation. Uh, me and my uh, in-laws who are also having uh, the kind of understanding of how they are and how they are doing. Having my kids interact with them. So so the system part forms a very important part in managing my well-being. And there were times where, um, previous times, where I realized that when things happen along the way, either there are conflicts or either there are some health concerns right so that particular stress level goes up and like i mentioned just now right our health is just more than physical physical well-being and we roughly also can understand and, and relate that when mental and psychological stress goes up and it affects our mental capacity and well being, right? You can almost sense that the physical health is also affected. Uh, the lack of sleep sometimes, the worry crest going to the psychosomatic kind of symptoms. Uh, and then when, and, and, and we all know that the mental well being or the mental health itself is not because it's not defined by the absence of the stresses. In fact, mental health or physical health is determined by how your body copes when there are some factors that sort of deter you from being healthy so the resilience part of your your body and your mind the the psychological strength that you have yeah so so, I constantly, when I am asking myself, if any of these systems, the family, the work, the leisure part of the system is not as ideal, right? What then do I do to manage that? For me, besides having the time with the family, personally, nature and the nature in terms of parks and the waters are, are all my grounding feature. So, I love it when I'm always with nature, the, the parks, adventure, tracks, and hikes. And friends, of, friends of, who are in my face will constantly see that I bring all my kids around these areas. And I realise it's one of the very grounding features when uh, the mind could be able to uh, be exposed and be in the environment where a lot of trees and a lot of flora and fauna are. Uh, that gives a very nice piece to the struggles that we are facing. So that, that works for me lah, in that sense.
0: Yeah, right. So Tony, you it's, it's very apt that you talk about self-awareness, right? So at the end of the day, uh, with leadership as one of the pillars guiding our topic of conversation of health, I think taking charge, being in control of what we can do and who we are, I think that is of uh, paramount importance, right? Because without understanding that, you will not be able to identify what areas actually need a solution for. So uh, having that leadership mindset to lead your own health, I think it is important. And with that will come the resilience and sustainability right Uh, i have a question that popped up on one of social channels and this person uh, is asking about stress being good thing right Uh, stress is supposed to be positive so yes stress is actually a normal uh, reaction of the body and the body responds to stress it's only if stress is at such a high point cortisol levels going over and your you know hormone imbalance that your body goes out of whack and if that stress response continues over a prolonged period of time, that's when the body is not able to take it and that's where... Yeah it's it, it reaches its tipping point right? And, and you've reached the threshold and that's where it's it goes downhill from there and uh, some people term it burnout some people term it depression that's where we don't want to get to right so if we are able to understand what stresses our body and if we are able to understand what we can do on a daily weekly monthly basis to counter that stress we will not reach that point of uh, burnout and reach that point of depression and i mean that's that's how i i cope with with stress right i mean we all have stress on a, a, a daily weekly basis it could be from the environment right from home uh, it could be at work it could be a client uh, it could be a difficult client uh, it could be even from a social setting trend it could even be from family but you need to know how to manage this stress that's one right and stress also is uh, from the food that we eat right uh, if we are consuming Uh, food that uh, let's say you know too oily you know uh, processed food you know uh fatty food fried food all of this food actually causes our body to be uh, more stressed than it needs to be to break down the food and even alcohol right which is one of my nemesis right so that's where your liver is, needs to be working harder to to get uh, to process the alcohol and all of this obviously is stress to the body but how much of that are you going to be subjecting your body to to which is already adding to the stress that you're experiencing from the environment which could be from home social settings or or, or even uh, work right and um sleep i think very very uh correctly you mentioned right tony so um are we getting sufficient sleep in the course of the day Uh, research has shown that you know if you are sleeping less than the number of hours right which is uh, eight eight to actually seven to nine hours is the recommended number of hours that you should be sleeping uh, per day or daily your cognitive ability to remember things and to uh, function efficiently actually drops by 30 percent right and if you keep doing this and you don't sleep the number of hours of sleep that you require that 30 percent you know doubles to 60 percent doubles to uh you know to to it could even be more than a, a 100% right so your ability to remember things your ability to function efficiently actually drops as you don't sleep uh, enough i mean I'm sure many of us have had uh, been in that situation where maybe we are rush, rushing a report. Even in school, you know, we, we sleep two hours, then we sleep two hours for the entire week, and then after that we crash for for the next two weeks, right? You know, we've been in that situation, and we know perfectly how lack of sleep uh, affects how we are able or not able to function uh, productively and efficiently. So that's exactly how I see uh, myself dealing with the stress as well as uh, using sleep as as something to help with that right now. tony you know i'm not sure whether i explain accurately or correctly with the part of good stress versus bad stress maybe you can add a little bit uh, to that
1: in fact yes uh absolutely and the and the and the, the person who who, who messaged you on her social media uh, stress is definitely one of the key uh, elements in growth and development what we want to define is also the type of stress that a person could have so like Alex mentioned, right? So uh, this stress is a stress that we commonly are unfamiliar with. And it, it gives us the, some of the, the notions that we say, hey, how come we are not managing it so well? And we feel negative emotions around it. And these are the stress that sometimes because our competency is at this level or our, this is our capability, right? And this is the expected management of the current situation that we need to have. The gap is so wide right and that's that causes distress conversely if our competencies has been built via because we are exposed to the particular situation before because we have been told how to manage that uh, because it will be over the years uh because we have seen how behave, how how it has been done and then when it comes to the particular uh, expectation of management of the situation right that the gap is well, not too bad because that allows me a certain uh, way of learning more things all right so that's uh you call it you stress all right so but not all e stress, E U S T R E S S, not all e stress is being seen the same way. Sometimes e stress can be seen as, or can be seen as, a distress to a person. I'll give you an example. Most parents are familiar with the 18-month-old, 2-year-old who goes to childcare or preschool. And then at a the point where uh, they want, they are entering the classroom or the school nowadays at the entrance now, because you can't go in the classroom nowadays, right? That's where you start to like have some sort of the anxiety towards separation from the parent, right? So some parents might say, hey Tony, is this, is this okay? Uh, will the child feel abandoned? Will the child feel like uh, I'm not caring? Say, it depends on how you interact, right? Remember I say about how the, the individual systems interact affects the human behavior. So if the parent has consistently shown care and 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 run through and rehearse and role play about the particular event at the um, child care a um, morning where you know mommy and daddy will be giving you the opportunity to learn how to interact with your, with, your, with, your, with your teacher and after that we will hand over the teacher and then we will go now it could be 18 months and the sound of the words and the language might not make meaning to the child but it is the intent and the experiential uh, way of how you interact that allows the calming and the nurturing of the brain that to work towards stress the tone the pitch and how we respond to, the, to to the so-called stress, right? Allow the other party to sense how much of the anxiety we had towards. So, so in this particular incident, uh, this particular example, right? The part where the child learns that separation, so-called anxiety or the anxiousness towards, our uh, where I need to leave my caregiver towards a teacher. That part is a growth, a growth of him being secure in a safe environment. The growth of his learning that actually, when a parent knows that or hands over uh, him or her to a, a safe person, right? You or him can learn to trust the same person so so that part is a uh, you stress but didn't look like a you stress because if not done properly that the anxiousness would show therefore like what alex say the the intent is to build competency of our, our health in terms of well our mental emotional
0: psychological and physical to manage stress in that sense so there must be that element of growth right and uh i mean what you mentioned is exactly something that i've been doing to my girl right so my girl is two and you know she's going for nursery one uh, next year in january and we've been telling her right She's been carrying about her little have a side backpack. I'm going to school. I'm going to school, right? So yeah, you're going to school next year. But you know, when you go to school, daddy, mommy will not be with you, right? You know, you have to have your lunch on your own. So it's really uh, preparing her, uh, getting her psyched up and mentally prepared for what's going to be happening. And with that, there's going to be growth. Uh, what would you say then for us as adults, right? You know, is there something that we can, we can psych ourselves up for, you know, so that we can have uh, that sort of growth, Tony? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of therapy-wise, there are a few that that talks about this, like you say self-talk, right, or reframing, right? Mm. So a negative situation is true for when we are under stress. But how do we know that? How do we create another perspective of view or narrative towards the negative situation? Example: Now my kids and my wife are going off because they have enrichment, right? And uh, I could say, myself, I could tell myself, "Hey, I'm spending time here with Alex and a group of people from the don't know, and I'm having a conversation. You are, like, and you know that family, family is a very important part for uh for for my growth, right? For my for my particular um, stress management. Uh, could I blame and complain and want about it? I can, right? A self talk or a narrative around this to have me manage in a more coping manner could be. What's the value then I have as I as I do this chat first? Because Alex is one well, of my, my dear friend I, I, I want to do this. That's one. A Second, the family and uh, my kids also learn about when daddy's not around, what well, are some of the things that they could do, do on their own and, and, and they, they get independent. So, that reframing, that putting another picture frame, we call it, to that, to that not so nice picture, which is that stress, ah, creates another feeling and perspective towards it. All right. So, I, I always ask myself, what other frames can I put around a particular event that I'm not so okay about? Can I change that frame? By changing that frame, it allows me to sense and feel better right
0: then i should thanks tony you know uh, i think we'll end the session later when we by talking about different strategies where we can actually handle our daily lives as well as the health right but uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about let's be a bit more personal right so i'll share a little bit about the health concerns that i've had you know since you know going into my 30s and you know starting my 40s i would love for you to share uh, what what your health concerns would be as well right so i have had friends that have passed on or have been troubled with critical illness right some have passed on with heart attacks you know stroke cancer sort of uh, illnesses and it's been happening since my even in my 20s but it doesn't really hit you as much until you are in your i mean for me it was when i hit 40 but more so when when i had my little girl so i had my girl when i was 39 a little bit late we got married at 37 Right. So, but um, the thing is that with a little child in tow with the family, it suddenly kicked in the responsibility of being a father. And it suddenly kicked in the responsibility of uh, having to be healthy, having to be able to lead a responsible life such that I can have this life to be sustainable, right? You know, will I be able to be financially independent, to be continue earning? because I want to be in good health such that I can put her through university such that, you know, if uh, we go for a yearly holiday, you know, we can go slightly further away. I mean, of course, travel is not, in the picture at the moment but you know we don't just go for a staycation in Singapore you know being able to provide for the family in that sense and, and, and I think um, that really was my key driving reason or key purpose for that sudden shift you know in mindset suddenly fatherhood became made me a different person and you know I was thinking about okay health for my family you know health for myself uh, what do I need to do is there anything that I could be helping my wife you know also have that uh, good health to be able to to be resilient and sustain all through our our years. And I I think um, that's 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 how I had that uh, sudden shift in terms of health. And you know, I've been a, a, a someone physically active all my life. Right? I played water polo. You know, in fact, pre COVID, I was still playing water polo at, uh, recreationally. And you know, right now, I'm running three four times a week in the morning. I'm doing some calisthenic exercises in the park. You know, this morning, I just went for a swim. I try to do two swims a week. So physical activity definitely is something that I. Have been maintaining, uh, and it's only actually really more recently that I have. Been putting it in as a routine in the work in my daily life, right? So physical activity for me, I think, uh, is something is a very very uh, useful preventive healthcare measure. And re- I mean, there is a lot of data, there's a lot of research out there that shows that if you are physically active, you know, you're doing at least three times a week of 30 minutes of uh, physical activity, it's going to dramatically reduce your your incidence of you know all these uh, critical illnesses. So that's something for sure. I think uh, I do. And in terms of the mental emotional and psychological well-being i think uh, for some reason because the physical activity is the top priority for me all the other things uh, seem to fall in place lah. that's how uh, i feel it has uh, affected or benefited me what what about for for yourself Tony
1: yeah i i, I totally concur and agree and it's like i'm not as active as you <laughs> so i don't swim run and uh, uh, every three days kind of thing but i i do ask myself what is the what's, what's the way of keeping healthy uh, or being healthy What, what's the way of um having myself like what, what i want say la, prepare, prepare myself so that eventually i do not want my children to take care of me uh in that sense uh if i could plan my my health now right so yes uh running has been catching up uh especially uh during covid when uh, we're uh, we all caught at home and then uh, and when places open and then there's more uh, measures to allow people to run around and, and be outside, right? So that's why we, we caught up and then we and children also get to in the habit of uh, not exercising because then HBL sort the of P lessons are kind of, kind of online and the new norm for us is to do a lot of access at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could I don't know whether it's called a blessing but you could I could almost sense that during this particular period where everything is so vulnerable uh, we saw we saw news and we read about news that, that across the other Part of the globe they are suffering from covid and over here we are uh, we are pretty much contained right and how how a lot of those strategies that we have uh, at home to keeping us healthy can, can be implemented uh, with that with that vulnerability knowledge we. we realize that health is more important now and uh, even even younger ones even my children and the, the, the kids I I spoke with uh, they realize about how bacteria and, and even simple terms of bacterial viruses harm body and if body are strong with antibodies and our own antibodies are within ourselves can fight the virus then, then we should do more exercises so, so they are they are being framed in that particular manner I, I do more now definitely not as much as you that I like swim yes very leisure kind of like wading around the water with my kids yes uh, but really really I mean right running where we have been so i've been cocking a lot of the 10 clicks runs at least for this year and i'm not doing. i've not done a 10 click run in a in a very long while since uh, my my navy days but uh, i've been doing a lot more now and i can i could sense i could i could feel like what you mentioned they do have a very positive chemical change uh, within us The serotonin and the dopamine levels uh, levels. so sort of like will oh, be actively are uh, deployed within our, our brain and it creates that, that analysis of well-being around us. And these are healthy uh, brain chemicals. And sometimes they, they could also be seen as a way of even helping us be uh, that shield around some of
0: the disease that we, we thought we might have. So so running uh, has been the main thing around. For myself, right, you know, I have the <laughs> usual little pain or ache niggle, right? Maybe my yeah. shoulder's tight, my neck is tight. So all these are normal. I think it's natural. Everyone has uh, things like that uh, or even yeah. the ankle or knee. So I think pain-wise, I am pain-free as much as pain-free, and I have my own ways to manage uh, whatever pain that comes along the way, uh, whether it's stretching, whether it's foam rolling, whether it's um, uh, using red light therapy, which is you know my, my expertise. But you know, specifically cancer, right? Uh, you know, I'm Sometimes I worry. You know, you know, prostate cancer is quite a mm. percentage of males you know over 40 you know that's something that they they would be possibly yeah. getting right even colon yeah. cancer you know that sort yeah. of thing so these things actually bother me you know and i think it stresses me to a certain extent sometimes you know it's like sometimes my mind will wonder maybe i will read an article or you know i'll see something on social media or somebody else you know posts about something and yeah so that that is one of my worries right illnesses like cancer and uh just just a couple of weeks back i i had a bit of a scare because you know I was feeling a bit of a tight chest, and I was like, "Oh dear, you know, am I having heart attack? Covid? So oh no, (laughs) (laughs) not Covid, but heart attack, right?" So I got my. I mean, I was consult. I consulted a lot of my medical uh, doctor friends, you know, and they said, "But you're so active, you know you you are you are the least, lowest risk kind of person that would be experiencing something like that." But you know. But with that also then comes the food intake right you know because i like to eat my chakutia, my my roti prata my nasi lemak and all that and then you realize or you know actually you know all along that you know it's very high in fat you know it's 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 what's causing the love handles and whatever but uh usually we still do it right because we like it uh, so but you know with a scan, with with thoughts like that then I suddenly reshape and reframe like I like what you talk about reframing and and I've been having less of that right uh, even if I want to you know then I say okay I'll just do it once a month that sort of thing or I'll just do it once in two months right so and even alcohol right you know I realize how what it does to the system and I realize uh, you know how it could be adding to visceral fat which uh, an increasing percentage body fat which that would then increase my uh, probability of being not so healthy and, and getting any of these illnesses so yeah i mean uh lifestyle i think uh, has been, has changed quite dramatically for me in terms of understanding right so with the health part and you know being being a leader uh, of your own health it's understanding yourself when understanding uh, what are the things that are causing certain uh, problems or what are the things that could potentially be causing certain problems and what can you actually be doing to nip it in the bud before it becomes something worse or becomes something bad. I think the usual regular health checks once a year is, is a given, you know, it, it's something that we must do all the time but uh, if there are any things that are abnormal, so by by understanding how our body works, by knowing how we are on a daily, by being aware right of the little aches and pains we know that there's something that's not right you know Uh, and I think that if there's the gut feel that there's something not right then we really should get it checked before you know it escalates into something that is worse, right? So my top fears, I think, uh, in terms of health, not the physical part, not the mental mm. part as well, because uh, I think I manage my stress levels fairly well. And I think that resilience and mental toughness is something that fair. I've been very blessed to have been through the ups and downs, you know, failures in life and i think i'm fairly resilient you know in that sense i've bounced up uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've bounced, i bounced i was bound i have bounced back you know many times over before and, and even oh one thing that i also thought that hey maybe i have type 2 diabetes you know because you know there's certain of the it's a little bit paranoid right because you you think that because i'm exposed to the information uh, and then you know i feel that hey maybe some of these things are uh, i'm symptomatic or, or whatever but then when you really dig down of course it's nothing but these are my fears and the, these these have been my fears and i i i think they still are my fears and would be right uh but Very real, right? And and I don't know whether people out there, men out there in our 40s, are even thinking or considering about things like that because it is true, it's real, it's the reality. Once you hit 40, everything goes downhill, right? And all these things would show if you don't have a positive lifestyle change and a positive habit change, right? So, Tony, what? Are your fears? You know, when it comes to to health. What are my fears? Is
1: it you're saying? Mm. The history of uh, diabetes and cancer has been quite prominent in in my family. So, uh, a few of the my um, relatives and uh, grandparents suffered that when they were in a later part of the ages of of, of the years. So, and it's always been my constant uh, worry. So, therefore. Oh, I I didn't mention this, right? And I, I have been off. I would think so. I minimize. I would say off but minimize sugar and rice at least for the intake for the past. Three three four three years already. Alright, coming to four years. And it is, it comes to an extent where I can take anything, no sugar. Alright, whether it's coffee, whether is it uh I don't take sugar drinks. In fact, in my longest time of my life. But I was an avid uh, sugar drinker when I was in my navy days, cook and uh and one of the sugar drinks is my the things that kept me going because of the work that I do when I was younger and there was just and I remember the kind of environment that we are in, it's all humid and hot. But after life stages like what Alex say, right, and then getting some awareness of how are those things could probably not so benefit us so I, I went off sugar and it's it's a lot easier actually after a while because then your your taste buds starts to change and then you begin to and i mean you, if, if you touch sugar it's, 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 it gives a very disgusting kind of feeling so it it, it, it does helps me because i'm also very aware that potential diabetes are uh, symptoms that i might have eventually if i follow my family line and that and also of course cancer colon cancer stomach cancer some of the potential uh, instances that i have seen in my in my family line so i'm also very aware how the, how my gut and my stomach feels at certain time and then uh the the kind of uh stuff i must do to get, get them healthy like food wise i knew i knew manage all right not too late not too oily not too fried and stuff like that lah. so then, then i'm begin to realize and understand why some of the old folks say hey if this is too much do not eat that kind of thing and my, my children do ask me daddy why why aren't you eating certain things i say, oh well, well i i told i told them that, that they're going to a stage where i i think i've grown enough now it's taking care of what goes in my body but <laughs> and they thought they could use me as a, as a as an excuse. on then I also don't eat. I said, No, no, no! You are not grown to the stand yet where you can t- stop eating certain things, all right? Until you reach my size and my age, yeah, maybe it's different kind, right? So it's like how well like those. The engineers who would say la, how well oil a machine is lah, right? The more we maintain like car right? The more we maintain it, uh the more the more we manage and give them certain things uh with certain nutrient nutrients and, and, and um certain checks, uh, the better and the longer it lasts la.
0: Well it is it's great that you've cut sugar from your diet, right? Because uh it, it's, it's all I mean we all know okay there's a there's a lot of data and research out there that shows that sugar or refined sugar is actually one of the biggest causes of inflammation inflammation in the body. So whether it's inflammation of the joints, inflammation of the gut, uh, all sorts of inflammations which cause swelling, which cause bloat, which causes inevitably pain, right? So, they're good that you've cut sugar. I've also uh, am cutting sugar or have cut sugar but there is still sugar in my diet so it's not 100% uh, sugar diet that I have, right? So, thanks for sharing, you know, your your concerns and fears uh, with regard to health, Tony. I had uh, a contact also, she's a lady in her 40s and she said that, you know, the the stuff we're talking about is the same stuff that women are also concerned about. I think for for them, maybe it's breast cancer as well that is something that uh, could potentially Essentially, be a concern uh, for us guys is you know prostate cancer so there's a difference you know male female uh, in terms of, of that right Let, let's let's talk a little bit about strategies to cope right Tony because uh, I think we've been talking about being aware we've been talking about leading our lives and, and, and uh, not just for ourselves having that leadership not just for ourselves but also for for our family our children um, and you know the the clients or whoever uh, that we deal with yeah. but how do we make this sustainable right? And I think that the only way to make things sustainable is to have uh, a good strategy, right? And with that strategy then comes routine. With that routine comes habit change. And with that then I think we will be able to achieve, you know, the goal of preventive health. And then we will be able to see the fruits of our labour, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, yeah. 30 years yeah. from now. Sometimes, you know, the it's not what we do now that we will be able to see, but it's what we do now that we will be able to feel, you know, Uh, the years from now it's not going to be an immediate sort of uh, effect or immediate benefit right so yeah uh, yeah. i'll share right you know in terms of what i do so i i I believe in routine right and i think that uh, routine sets my mind to prepare myself for the day and to prepare myself for the week so during the weekend i would actually sit down and plan my week Right, my appointments on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and what's happening on Saturday, Sunday. Right. At the same time with the that planning, I am also planning everything around what I'm doing with the family. So yep. uh, like yeah. you, right, uh, I I run my own business. So I can decide when I slot my appointments. When am I going to be working on my presentation? When am I going to be writing my next article? So Mm -hmm. all of that needs to be planned. So routine is good. And I always start today early. So previously I so this is a bit of a shift of routine for me when I used to work late. So I used to start work at maybe ten or eleven when the baby is asleep, and then I would work till one or two, maybe even three, and then I would sleep, and I would wake at maybe nine or ten, right, together with when the baby wakes. But I realized that doing that wasn't exactly good for my restorative sleep because by using the laptop, you know, with the blue light, I wasn't kicking in into my sleep cycles as fast as I needed to. So even though I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. For mm. six seven eight hours uh the good yeah. sleep was not ideal so yeah. then i i made the change to then sleep earlier so instead of sleeping at three you know i'm sleeping at 11 to 12 right so that's uh sleeping earlier but i wake earlier so i get the same amount of sleep at six seven eight hours and i wake earlier to to work so i work early instead of working late and then yeah my the amount of sleep or rest that i'm getting on a daily basis actually the quality i wouldn't say the amount so the amount is the same but the quality increases so that's something yeah. one lifestyle change that i did and exercise i feel is uh, important so i slot that at the beginning of the day so i do it either uh, after i do a little bit of work or if i don't have work to do then uh, i'm up and immediately i'm um, going for my workout uh, my run or swimming and when i come back i continue work uh, with whatever uh, work that i need to be handling right so routine for sleep and routine of exercise I think that's important sometime in the middle of the day I might slot in a 10-minute you know calming relaxation activity or meditation activity so just lying on on the mat or you know sitting in the chair and listening to to something um, to unwind and and clear clear my head right or or, or unfog whatever uh, needs to be unfogged but the physical activity that I have in the morning uh, really gets the adrenaline up and really sets the intention it sets the day for me so uh, these are things that i do like you as well i like to be in nature so it could be evening walks in the park or it could be weekend walks but that is also very very intentionally set in the day and intentionally set in the week so it's not a matter of oh what shall i do today you know what shall we do tomorrow right it's okay uh, let's go to the zoo uh, on this day Uh, let's take a walk Uh, Yeah, it's good. The wetlands, you know, during the weekend. Okay, we try to avoid the weekends because weekends are crowded, right? So uh, we try to do it during the weekday, and because I'm in control of the time, can uh, manage that. But routine, I think, is important. Uh, so that's what I do: exercise in the morning, managing my sleep, and we've already talked about diet, right? So cutting sugar, yeah. just being aware like, of, of what you're eating, no fatty food, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing, yeah. right? And maybe you can share, Tony, in terms of you know what are the strategies that you use to to cope with your stress as well as you know uh, health.
1: What do I do to deal with stress? And uh, like I mentioned, going to the parks is one of the very uh, my favorite activities. Myself, my children. Explore parks and uh, Merichi, Jurong Lake pastries uh, We ride, we cycle. Like recent recent days, parks and nature has been one of the things that we do. And uh, like what Alex mentioned about zoo, uh, we have not been to zoo since COVID, and I really miss that. And uh, some of the things that has been oh, I've been watching and monitoring on sort of zoo wildlife kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, exhibits there has been getting me interested. And I am also wanting to go to the wetlands and see the, the crocodile that has always been in the internet spaces. Say, wow, it's so cool. We can see crocodile within Singapore. Water. Right? So, so really, I, uh, these are some things that I would love to do and also bring my kids to uh, Ubin sometimes to just have that, that very adventure spirit kind of thing. That, that helps to slow down the pace a lot for, uh, for the family, especially when I'm very aware of how uh, my kids, my elder one, is undergoing some of the exam uh, struggles. Uh, not that he's not doing well, but technically, the stresses that he's facing in, the, in any of the normal... Uh, student life uh would have been pretty i would think critical in in his his well-being yeah, so those times allow me to understand and check in further and say hey, how how are you doing and how is this how is this helping you like right for the younger one for my myself i don't think he's have any issues uh, but that that place allows the whole family to bond together in a sense are uh, pretty meaningful
0: i think also that you know having a support network and support structure for sure helps uh in terms of uh, whether it's mental health or whether it's physical health right because yeah. if you have a support structure or support network which is what we are trying to form here i guess right um i mean mm-hmm. not a very formal one right you know if if anybody has similar issues you you would want to be speaking to people who have experienced it before or have gone through something else and you know it gives you a bit different perspective right so having family having friends you know having a a support group a community or forum that you you are you want to be involved in or you're just uh, sitting on the sidelines to consume information i think Mm -hmm. this is all important in to to help us um Guide the yeah. decisions that we make, right? And to understand, you know, what is actually going on and happening, and uh, mm. I mean, data and information guides our decision. Data and information uh, actually helps us understand uh, ourselves better, right? So, yeah, and thank, thank you, Tony, right? And I think it's almost time, right, for us to end mm. the session. Thank you, everybody. That. Is listening whether on Facebook or LinkedIn. Next week's session will be on careers. Uh, So every Sunday for the next couple of weeks uh, at Uh 8 a.m. Singapore time, uh, GMT plus 8, we will be doing this session. So if you're free, you know, you could just grab a coffee, uh, join us. And join in the conversation as well, right? We would love to have you. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely chat, right? And oh, uh, nice, nice. We have a nice comment from Jasmine, right? Um, she thinks that setting a routine, running in the park, a badminton game, and living in this world full of uh, disruptions are uh, things that you know she could never have uh, foreseen. Also, a lot of uh, adjustments plans and could be stressful right so yeah so she for her she, she feels thanks jasmine for for sharing right yeah so yes routine with the run in the park and, and the badminton game and i think it's good to plan our our, our our days plan our weeks and that definitely helps to to frame our mind and, and prepare ourselves for, for what lies ahead to so tony anything else to add before we end the session
1: no i'm doing good I, I i think this uh it just it drives me to the intent hey let's go for let's go for a run later (laughs) very
0: good (laughs) okay if not thank you everyone for your time and uh we're gonna be going off the broadcast now thank you yeah thank you i hope you enjoyed lost at 40 season one episode two of six with my kopi kaki Tony leong if you have any suggestions of guests who are relevant to the topics of discussion on health parenting and caregiving, career and retirement, please email me at alexloh at I would love to get in touch with anyone who would be able to contribute to the conversations we are having on Lost at 40 to allow more men to be empowered and feel less lost at 40. For more information about me, there's a link in the description that will direct you to the other podcasts that I have done, my social channels and company website. Thank you once again for listening and I will catch you next time.